I experienced an emotional earthquake, and I did not know why my mother had tried to kill me. Hungary is an incredible country. Hungary is one of the countries, like one of the only countries in Europe, that is still standing up, at least for the most part, for life and for family. It's being condemned by the West, by the European Union, by America for daring to stand up. And yet things even there are being eroded. wanted to get the inside story of what's happening in Hungary by one of the great pro-life activists in Hungary. His name is Dr. Imre Tiglasi. Now, Dr. Tiglasi, while being a professor and, and a PhD, he spent most of his life working to protect life, to protect the family. And that's also because of his own upbringing. There was a movie done on his life because he was, his life was threatened by his own mom. They attempted to abort him at a time when such a thing was illegal, but they attempted over and over again. He learned this as a very young boy himself, and uh, that knowledge led him to fight for life, to fight for family. And he comes at this from an incredibly deep perspective, and it's just great to hear from a pro-life leader in a nation which is standing up for life, for family, and his perspective on what we need to do to further the culture of life. This is The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Dr. Tiglashi, welcome to the program. Thank you for the interest in my story and in my thoughts. Beautiful. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So, Imre, if I might call you that, it's fascinating. You've got this great intellectual career in your education, but you've worked so much of your life in defense of life, in defense of the family, in uh, your home country of Hungary. And Hungary, of course, uh, is being condemned by the you know, European Union, and, and a lot of people in the West look at it and say, oh, it's horrible what they're doing. But all of us pro-lifers cheer on Hungary and what Hungary's been doing. If you can start... Give us an inside look into Hungary right now. What are your thoughts on this country that, you know, seems to be a holdout in Europe in defense of life and family? First of all, I would like to say that I am very proud of the past of the Hungarian nation. This means that uh, not just our language is very unique in Europe because no, no, no one has any relationship with us. Uh, it is a very unique language. It's very hard to learn this language. Uh, foreigners <laughs> have a big and, and difficult task to, to study it. However, this, uh, this past is very interesting as well, because you know there is a, a, a very special mythology of the ancient Hungarians, which uh, proves and, and uh, offers us basics for the awareness of fertility and for the respect of fertility. fertility. So we have a, a, an old a lady in our uh, mythology called Emeshe, its meaning is mother or breastfeeder, who was uh, the legendary fertility goddess of the proto-Hungarians. This ancestress of the Arpad founders of the Hungarian kingdom was visited by a Turul bird. Turul was a very special and very unique uh, falcon. And uh, this bird was a benevolent mythical falcon, which has the duty of giving life to the descendants of new generation, depicting on the tree of life in the blue sky by, by delivering them a drop of milk 
This falcon had the duty of guarding and protecting these newborns from the all the injuries and troubles of the underworld, it is the earth. So the Torah told Amesha that from her womb, a greater river would begin and flow out over fairer lands. According to dream interpreters, this meant that she would give birth to a son who would lead these people out of their ancient land and that her descendants would be glorious kings. So the principle of motherhood and, of course, fatherhood and for the land used to be highly respected in traditional Hungarian society. The so-called Triple Mountain, which is in arm, of course, of the Hungarian uh, flag, uh, is a fact of a, a symbolic tamga. This is, you know, the old word for, for, for logos, I would say, tamga, showing the wings of a flying bird of flower, or flower or or tulip, this is the, the, the you know the flower, rather the pot and uh, and uh, rather the position of a mother in labor. So you can see a mother in labor when you look at the uh, arm of course of Hungary, with her legs and with the pregnant silhouette of her son to be born child. So this means that already the ancient Hungarians, the, the very first Hungarian tribes knew very well the importance of being fertile, because without fertility, there are no nations. Without fertility, there are no families, there's no future, there's nothing. There just that will be just death and, and, and extinction. So this was were the very first basic for our thinking, you know, in Hungary. And this is the these are the principles we have to, you know, uh, uh, renew and among the Christian uh, values, respect. And, and of course, together with our Christian heritage. From the ninth century, the Christian leaders of Hungary made strenuous efforts to eliminate such pagan ideas and imaginary. So uh, there was a, a conflict between this pagan past, which was very pro-life, you know, and very, very pro-awareness. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it was a, a, a big and, and a fatal uh, fight between this old heritage and the new uh, ideas of Christianity and the new 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 principles of, of the of the modern uh, society. It appears now that there's a new type of paganism, which uh, is actually devaluing both, um, and so perhaps there's some you know way to join the old understanding with uh, Christianity so that it, there can be some resurgence of the truth. I don't, don't want to introduce the cult of Pachamama, <laughs> either the cult of Falcon. I just would, uh, I wanted to stress the importance of the past uh, in a good uh, uh, interpretation and uh, respecting uh, uh, in uh, the both uh, part of the of the traditions of ours. So one of this the, the, the oldest one and uh, the newer is the the, the Christian one. So I, I think that, that there is no antagonistic conflict between them. So we have to be Christians, no doubt. And, and our Hungarian uh, ancestors were very good and very strenuous uh, um, Christians. For example, our first holy king was canonized and his wife was canonized and his son was sent Imre and was canonized. So this means that we had good basics for the Christianity. Saint Stephen is the first king. Is that Thanks, Stephen. It was the very first in the 10th century. Beautiful, beautiful. So tell us, I mean, you yourself have spent most of your life in the pro-life world. I mean, you, you're a professor, you know, you have a doctorate, but you've worked so much for life and family. What inspired that for you? Okay, once I took part at the conference in America, a pro-life conference, of course, and I was invited by the Heartbeat International, uh, and I am relating uh, to, to them, and, and we are affiliated uh, with them proudly. So they asked me, uh, before I was awarded uh, as, a, as the first uh, European uh, pro-life leader with, with the so-called Servant Leader Award, what was the motivation for you to, to become a pro-lifer. And they asked me whether it was a call or it was a drive. And I had to answer both of them. 
you know, because it was a drive in myself, because I had a, a very, very strange and, and I would say painful story in my uh, young age uh, regarding the mm, connection uh, between my mother and me. And, and you know, this, this story, I will, I will maybe uh, explain to you what that did it mean and what does it mean. And uh, this was the drive. I, I always was looking for my real mother because the mother uh, who was told by other people that this is your mother, I couldn't feel anything positive, any positive. And I, I just was questioning, I kept questioning that she was my mother. She was not my mother in my heart, you know, maybe uh, as a, in, 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 her, in her blood, you know, and there was a relation because uh, she was my biological mother. But in my feeling and, and in my trust, there was no, 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 nobody, at least not not her, because she wanted to kill me, you know, at, at the very uh, early age when I was already a, a human being, in, uh, when I was a child before uh, birth. So uh, this was the, the very beginning, I, I would say the very bad beginning of our relation. And uh, so this was the, it was the answer. And on, on the other hand, I was called as well, because when I was already an adult and it, uh, I become a scientist, I, I become an intellectual, I, I become father, I had the conclusion that the story of mine is not just my story. My story is the story of the mankind. My story is my, my country. My story is our church. So, you know, it's a common story and, uh, and a common loss, I would say, of humanity. Because all the children lost belong to the, uh, to, to the sad story of the mankind. And this was the reason which, which you motivated me to, to speak about it and to find out the reasons, the arguments, Pro and contra, and so just to just, just to discover this 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 dirty and and bloody situation where uh, human uh, fellows are slaughtered, and 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 I wanted to find some solution, some peaceful solution, to check the the rule of mothers, of fathers, children, to check the the rule of the society, you know, because. Uh, I, I, I have the feeling that we live since many, many years in heroic societies. You know, it is not just uh, the, the, the heroic uh, history uh, in, the, in the New Testament. It is our day history. And this is the, the challenge and the, and, the, and the problem we have to face with. And this was the, my call and my drive. What happened in your early life that so marked you? I would like to begin my story with my family, and especially with, with my father, who was a mayor in the Hungary till the end of the Second World War. As a professional soldier with his religious conviction, he was born in a Catholic family of eight children. He was declared a class enemy of the new communist regime. Hmm and was sacked at once and removed with his wife and two sons from Budapest, this is the capital, to the great Hungarian plain, this is called Pusta in Hungarian language. They were ordered not to leave their dwelling place. He could hardly find the most basic job. He and his family were starving. And in this plight, my father's wife realized she was pregnant, not expectant, pregnant. My father tried to protect me, but my mother did not want to carry me to term. But it was not so simple to get rid of an unborn baby in the early 50s when it was forbidden to undergo abortion. So she asked my grandfather, staying in the capital, to get a doctor who would be willing to perform the abortion. And he found such a doctor in Budapest. But class enemies were not allowed to leave the plane, the Pusta. It was a kind of concentration camp with, with guards and, and you know, everything. And so while my father was absent, she tried to cause an abortion by jumping dry, down from a kitchen table. When that failed, she took very hot baths in a tube 
but they were not successful either. Then she got a lot of kinin pills from her brother. She took them, but they were not sufficient to cause a miscarriage. So I was born. So about this story, about this, uh, this scenery, you can see a movie which was uh, written and directed by my brother, Ferenc Iglasi. There is a short uh, 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 scenery uh, on, the, on, the, on the moment when my mother kept uh, jumping down from the kitchen. So I heard the story of my birth accidentally when I was 11 years old and when my father and I were st staying in Yugoslavia with relatives. It is a neighboring country, Yugoslavia. It used to be. It, it's already Croatia, Slovenia, and, and Serbia. It was late at nine and I had gone to bed in the room in which my father and my relatives were talking. At that time, my parents had already divorced and one of my relatives asked my father why. Thinking I was asleep, my father told him the story. As I lay there in the bed, neither a small child nor an adult, I cried speechlessly all night long into my pillow. I experienced an, an emotional earthquake. I felt good myself. And I did not know why my mother had tried to kill me. So this was the short uh, description of this uh, very beginning of our relation with my mother, who was very, very complicated and full of, of pain and, and misunderstanding and, 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 and strange behavior. And, uh, and at the same time, it was the moment when I realized that there is something wrong in my story, in my life. Uh, and I couldn't believe that I deserved for the death penalty. And feeling uh, myself as innocent, I just kept looking for the reason. And I wanted to know the, the real uh, causes uh, for this uh, um, story. And I wasn't able to get uh, these answers to my question. When I was already adult, I asked my mother, uh, how many abortions did you have? And she explained that uh, uh, she performed six abortions, except me, you know. So altogether, she tried to abort uh, six, six uh, seven times children. Six of them were successful. And uh, just before her death, I I had the feeling that in spite of the this very uh, sad um, decision of hers, I would be able to, uh, to com commit him, her uh, and I, I reconciliated with her. Interestingly, she couldn't conciliate me, with me, you know. So it was a one-sided uh, reconciliation. I said to her, okay, I am, I am human as well. I, I made mistakes. I, I have sins as well. I'm a sinner as well. And this is why I can say to you goodbye and thank you for for you, uh, for the for the life you still give, gave me, you know, but she she couldn't uh, reply it and she couldn't revenge it, and she just kept reasoning and uh, looking for arguments that uh, among those circumstances it would have been <laughs> the best way to get rid of you. So you know it was very very painful for me. So it was really a <clears throat> a, a sad experience to to see how deeply are uh, the women victimized by the by the system and by the false ideas because you know i was ready to 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 forgive all the all the sins uh, she gave she she permitted perform against me or even against my my sisters and brothers and so and, and things of them but Unfortunately, she was not ready. And nowadays, we have the very same situation. Nobody uh, deals with these women. Nobody, uh, at least not not on an inter institutional way. You know, there are not not really good and and many institutes who who deal with post-abortion syndrome. There are some of them, and they are good of good of many good of them, but it's 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 not enough because you know we 
perform so many abortions that much more uh, the, uh, heal uh, healing place and healing person, health professionals should have been there and uh, promote the, the the course of life by by solving the problem by 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 promoting the the work of grieving. And and uh, this is everything a challenge, and and we have to face with them, and we have to somehow solve this uh, problem, and to 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 guess out what were the uh, ways of of healing the world, and healing our own family, healing our our uh, women and fathers and mothers. There should be more people, more good pro-life uh, health professionals who would be ready to heal. And uh, and uh, save the, the the victims of abortion uh, among them, fathers and mothers and children, and uh, you know this challenge is very very big because I would like to tell you that according to some calculations, all the wars in the entire written history of mankind have killed about five hundred million or even one billion people. But if this number were twice as large, another report would still prove that during the last 50 years, even more human beings were destroyed worldwide in the institutions of so-called civilized countries operating according to the concept of the so-called sexual and reproductive health than in all the wars in the written history of mankind. So this means, if I translate it into Hungarian situation, that the seven million abortion we performed during the uh, six decades of, of, of abortion dictatorships means that you have to multiply it with, with, with three, because you know there are fathers as victims, mothers as victims. So this means that um, 21 million people were deeply damaged by the cult of abortion, by the cult of death. So this is the number we have to, heal, uh, to, uh, to, to deal with and to, to promote the, the healing of these people. It's a, it's a giant number. And you know, this is the challenge. This is the biggest challenge in the world. And, and not just Elon Musk and not just pro-lifers there that the, 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 the problem of the demography, the demographic winter is threatening uh, the humanity. You know, this is even even harder. <laughs> Maybe even harder. We we can think of to the uh, to the very roots of the of this 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 uh, plague plague of human mankind. One of the things that I think is interesting, particularly coming from your background, with what you've experienced, and then being involved in the movement for life, um, all of your life, really. What would you say? to women who are in that place where your mom was, um, having had undergone abortion and trying to bring them to that place of regret and un understanding what they've done. And I know it's different for each person, but generally, what are the messages that pro-lifers can give to women who have undergone abortions? Uh, to to bring them to some kind of recognition, to some kind of reconciliation with our Lord, and uh, with uh, their own children, whom they've they've uh, participated in their deaths. Well, first of all, uh, there are many ways of informing people about the the problems and and about the the destruction of abortion, and uh, there are uh, different uh, groups who would be aimed, you know, with uh, special messages, and I think uh, that. Women, abortion-minded uh, women, or uh, women af uh, after uh, abortions who underwent abortions, uh, could be maybe a, a very special group to to talk to them. But this is not the most important, I, I suppose. First of all, we should have somehow into the of the mindset of the politicians and to inform them that the policy they are doing. The lawmaking that that I'm doing, this is the plain, uh, plain way to the destruction of their own people. So what uh, do I mean under this? Uh, the very first state who 
wage the war on uh, on the uh, on the on the society was the Russian Soviet Russian uh, government who who legalized the abortion in 1920. And this was a, a very fatal step by them because they own wage the war against their own population. And the situation is very same all over, all over the world because of the long-term profit. I mean, long-term profit could come from the from the from sparing the the social costs and health costs for for not not providing mothers and children and families. So this 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 means sparing money. Uh, uh, and th this is the the reason why they they make functioning this this system, and on the other hand, there is an even bigger and a deeper root of the problem that uh, women are forced to take part and to to go to the marketplace and to sell their own uh, work uh, and uh, for for money. So they were robbed out for, from their own family and they were put onto the marketplace so that they can so sell their own uh, work for, for money. And this was the very beginning of the Soviet society as well. You know, the, the so-called liberation of women had the slogan that we have to liberate women from the tyranny of, of husbands and children and, and being fertile and everything was against the survival of the very same nation. So we have to come somehow with, with this idea to our politicians that this is a suicide politics. In short term, maybe you can get some profit by sparing not uh, give birth to the babies, not to deal with mothers as mothers, you know, <clears throat> not to respect <clears throat> fathers as fathers and not to pay them so much as much as they would deserve. But in long term, this is the 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 the, the very direct way for extinction and it, I, I would say this is the very first uh, aim of ours to inform politicians the second one would be the doctors the health professionals uh, uh, especially the obstetrician gynecological doctors because they are the executioners the seven millions of hungarian unborn children were executed by obstetrician gynecological doctors and we have to show them that they have the chance to change the route, you know, then and they have to, they could go back to the very, very uh, important um, principle of Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath. So I would not perform abortion on, on women, neither I would give <clears throat> advice how to do it. And these are the two aspects which they should have followed. And they have the, the freedom of con conscience not to do it, not to perform abortion. So these are the the, the two groups I would uh, I would influence more, and uh, and uh, opening their eyes that this is self destruction, this is suicide, this is the killing of their own society, and um, they may <clears throat> somehow get back to the right uh, the right route and right uh, behavior. Which was, you know, the the the, the famous uh, uh, American doctor who performed seventy thousand abortions. You know, the hand of gods. You know, and uh, and uh, and then finally she he recatalyzed, uh, catalyzed, and so this is these are the ways uh, how to get rid of. And third, thirdly, but not uh, lastly, I would turn to to the to the women to to raise them and, and to educate them on the, their own value. But this value should be given by the politicians and, uh, and by the doctors and husbands and husbands. And we have to rethink all the structure and all the, the mission of the marriage. So do we know, do we know, know these days in Hungary, and I am afraid uh, all over Europe, the, the 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 mission of marriage is something just uh, a, a, deteriorate, a deteriorated one, which means that it is just acting, uh, doing sex, and and as a as a as a tool for uh, be to, for, to 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 get joy and to to get some some happiness. But the deeper dimensions are somehow uh, cut from these uh, ideas, and and they are nowhere. 
And this is the reason why we just we, we recognize each other or, or respect each other. This is not the best word, but we just uh, look for each other men and women then as a source for uh, promoting my my joy and 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 not 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 more you know and that's uh, just sex and not the personality and not the not the, the long-term uh, openness for for uh, giving life to our children so we have many many tasks i suppose just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. Imre, you've covered a lot there. One of the ones I wanted to touch on was the notion of speaking to politicians about the reality. Unfortunately, we live in a world where it seems politicians are not so much interested in the good of their own nations, but in their good of getting reelected. And uh, when you have that, you have nothing but a self-serving politics. It's not about serving the nation. So the arguments which make total sense for the most part, fall on deaf ears. But what you've said, particularly with regard to the emancipation of women in their, their slavery to husbands and children, I think at this stage, now decades into this false uh, women's liberation movement, which said to women falsely, we don't want you to be slaves to your husbands and children. In reality, now they know, no, we want you to be slaves to the corporate leaders, to expend your lives for minimum wage usually, to slave away at these menial jobs, which even if you are oh, in a big position, you know, you have your five people under you who are just having to obey you, yet in the home, when you had six, seven children in a a husband who provided for you, cared for you, and loved for you, loved you. You had much more. You had everything, but you had it stolen from you by false promises of freedom that are every bit like Satan's promise to Eve in the garden. Oh no, here you will be like God, you won't die. And yet he was such a false promise. Hopefully, these many decades later. A lot of women can see that because it is such a revolution that, that sort of started with women. And a lot of people are afraid to say it. And so, you know, good for you that you're able to speak such things. And I hope that Hungary, which, which is still, I mean, compared to the rest of the West and to America here, Hungary still standing out as one of the nations that defends life and family more than most others in the West. And this uh, is uh, an agenda for the states, not just for us, NGOs or, or uh, Christians or, or churches. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a must to uh, build up a pro-life policy in order to have our future in our uh, children. And uh, with our children, there's no future. That's quite, quite clear. And uh, we have to change the political system somehow. For example, in, in Japan, which is a highly developed uh, industrial nation, uh, I, I know that uh, the women who are uh, working for a company and they uh, wanted to become pregnant, expectant, that first they have to go to their boss this, and ask a permission to become uh, expectant and to give birth to their baby because otherwise they will be labeled as egoists, you know, because they, they, their individual uh, interest is more important for them as the, the interest of their, their company. So these are the, the different uh, aspects. And, and this is a dictatorship, even in Japan, in French, in Hungary, in America, everywhere. So if we have to uh, realize that there is a, a hidden 
dictatorship. And what is the, the, the consequence of the uh, dictatorship? Millions and billions of, uh, of, of uh, unborn children who have been slaughtered and are being slaughtered. And what is the next consequence of this? The next consequence is that we badly need the workers because due to the lack of children, there is a lack of workers, pupils and, and adults and, and everybody. So we have to import but to call them from Africa, Asia, you know, and from everywhere. At, at least I, I'm speaking about Europe, you know, because the, the, the fertility rate is under one uh, that six. So this is not enough for survival. It is enough to, to, to die, you know, but not more. So we import new slaves. Africa is a, a continent to call new slaves into Europe. Asia is a place, a continent to call new slaves into Europe. Why? Because the system needs, badly needs the people, not the Hungarians, not the, not the, not the, not the, you know, the, the Tanzanians or, or, or Afghans. Or the, no, not, not the nations, not the cultures, but just the, the workers without any special, you know, uh, relationship to, uh, to their own language and so on and so on. It's an exploiting, uh, 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 an ongoing exploit exploiting of different continents by the, the highly developed industrial nations where the burn uh, rate of birth is so low that they have to do it because without this, they just cannot exist anymore. This is the, 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 the deeper uh, challenge for this system. And nobody speaks about it. Please tell me if anybody spoke about it, maybe maybe some, some Italian politicians spoke about it that uh, I quote one of them that we don't have to import uh, the youth from Africa. We have to make possible for our, our youth to give life to our children. But this is not the trendy, not not your, not the mainstream thinking of the politicians. The mainstream thinking is let's import them. We can spare a lot of money because that way we don't have to educate them. We don't have to pay for their mothers, for their fathers. It's a big win, a win-win. You know, at the same time. So, and and, this, and the result is that we will extinct our whole self. This is a suicide, a suicide of Europe, which used to be a, a nation of fertility, named after a fertility goddess. Europe is a Greek uh, prince, princess, who gave the the word of Europe, and and she was selected by by the the main goddess of the Greeks, Zeus, and they. They they uh, was a, a fertility goddesses, but nowadays Europe is infertile and barren and no children and and a, a, a suicidal uh, character. That's what we we have to get rid of and to change. Otherwise, we will uh, be so that that is a, a, a nice uh, slogan. I would like to quote you. What is the, uh, the intention of ours? What is the mission of ours? The, the mission of ours could be, let us be nations united in Christ for life. Nations, not one nation, not something, uh, you know, mixed and mixed, 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 united. So together, together in one idea uh, as a, as a, as a, uh, yeah, the, uh, the main principle which would be common with all of us in Christ and for life, not for life, not for the production, not for the profit, not for the profit of of of, 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 of elites, you know, but the profit of the nations. And this was my, my intention. This was, I think, a, a nice idea to to be united. It's funny because all of what we're speaking of is just sensible. It is the fact. In fact, it was neat to see Elon Musk speaking, he's regarded by a lot of people as one of the smartest people on earth. You know, he's all these inventions and he's got a mind that's been very gifted with all sorts of things. He sees all sorts of connections. He's made this observation about, you know, killing ourselves, literally, and the planet going into extinction because of our lack of children. And it's plain and simple for anyone to see. And yet, our politicians won't see it. And that brings me to something that uh, is probably controversial to say. But it's interesting because people throughout 
the last century, since, I mean, since abortion started in 1920 with the Russians, there are people who saw through it. There are people who went to their politicians and said, wait a minute, something's really wrong here. When abortion came to most of Europe and then to America, in Canada first in 1969, America in 1973, it's contraception actually first before that. But all of these concepts, people went to their elected representatives and said to them, this is dangerous. This is folly. This is crazy. This is, here's where this will lead. But it wasn't accepted. And they weren't all dumb politicians. They weren't just, you know, people who didn't pay any attention or whatever. There's something beyond that. No matter what sane arguments are used, it appears that we can't get through to our political leaders who should be seeing this evidently. And I would posit that it's because this isn't a political battle. It's not a political battle at all. It's a spiritual battle. This is related to the very same culture that was in, you know, in America was with the Aztecs, the killing, the sacrificing of children. We have it now, but we have it now in a way that's so many more billions of little children sacrificed. And that's why I very much love your statement that, you know, calling for all you nations to be united, but in Christ. Because in all honesty, as far as I can see it, that's the only way. We in Hungary have a good example how to solve the problem of demography. But it is not very well known. The sample is a, a small uh, uh, Hungarian tribe, I would say tribe or nationality, minority living in uh, Romania. And they, they are called by Hungarian, uh, Hungarians Changos because they left the, the Hungarian demographic uh, territory and went through the, the, the mountains to a faraway place. And they multiplicated themselves and fulfilled the earth. And they are the most fertile uh, minorities among Hungarians. And they have at about three or even four, which is a big, <laughs> high number compared to the Hungarian situation and the European where for example, in Italy, 0.8 is the, the average the total fertility rate. So they have three or even uh, more because they respect the Holy Mother. They keep praying. And I put the, 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 the icon of the chest of a Madonna behind me in order to stress and show the, the way how to get rid of this cult of death, following the example of Changos, who are very fertile and who are very good believers in Christ, in Holy Mother and the Son, you know, the, the Holy Trinity. So this is the, the, the outcome. This is the way that we have to choose in order to get rid of the death and, and, and the, the extinction. And uh, in, in other words, this is a task of our churches, our, our Catholic churches, uh, a church. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid that uh, our clergy should be more courageous and more active in this regard, because this is the only institution in Hungary and all over the world which has the power, the organization, the infrastructure, and the and the belief itself, you know, which could promote the cause of life. So this is why why we here in Hungary we we can pray for our triangles and for our own compatriots to follow this idea of life, of protecting and respecting and promoting life with the Holy Virgin Mary. And by this uh, icon, I would like uh, to, uh, to show you uh, or uh, relate you to a, to a pilgrimage which was made by us uh, 10 uh, years ago. We made an intercontinental uh, pilgrimage from the Russian territory uh, in, in, in Far East to, to Atlantic Ocean. The title of this pilgrimage was From Ocean to Ocean. So we, we went uh, with this icon uh, and with, with, uh, with a prayer through maybe, maybe uh, 30 countries, Kazakhstan, Russia, 
uh, European countries, Czechs, uh, Slovaks, Hungarians, Romanians, and so on and so on. And we went to Fatima, but to Atlantic Ocean. And, and uh, from there, we went to America and we brought this icon. Meanwhile, we kept praying, 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 and, and citing uh, the, 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 the words of the life that we should be aware of the importance of our Holy Mother and, and the, the prayer. And we, we did uh, 120, 100,000 miles, which is a big one. Three times we could go around the globe. And this was the message of ours. I, I personally made 3,000 <laughs> miles, but the others together with others, we made 120 or 30,000 miles. So, so this was a real and good uh, message to, to the people of, 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 of Europe of Africa, we went for a, a while in Africa as well, for, for Ceuta. And then we uh, brought this icon to America and Asia. So these continents were called on for, for respecting the Holy Mother and to follow the examples of the Holy Family, because as you know, uh, the Christianity was based on two yes, two words, a yes, which was said by our Holy Mother, by a mother expecting Jesus, and by the other who was Saint Joseph, the father who was the father and protector and, and, and a savior of, of, of his own son. And without this yes, a man, yes, and, and the yes by a, a woman, we cannot survive. So we have to say yes for life, both men and women. And this is the, the solution, I suppose. You are absolutely correct. There is no other solution. And it was a beautiful, beautiful pilgrimage, really lighting the way for all of mankind to return to a proper respect for life. It's not politics. It's the politics of heaven, if you want to call it that, that will lead us back to a culture of life. That is the only way. One of the things in the beginning you mentioned was that it was very hard for you because you sort of had no mother. Talk to us, if you would, about the motherhood that you do experience from Our Lady. When I was a little child, uh, one of my relatives who was a nun, a religious nun, um, kept telling me, I didn't know why, but uh, she kept telling me and, and praying with me that your mother is holy virgin, and she loved you so much. She didn't say anymore. But now, as I am an adult, and I, I, I can understand my own faith and this, this story with my earthy mother, I can understand this prayer of this uh, lady, and I, I fully agree with it, and I, I found my, my, my holy mother in the heaven. And that's something a very big event in my life and in my heart. And of course, the, the, the gifts which were given by, by them, I mean, by, by the God, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the, the Holy Spirit that I was donated by the God, the God of creation with many children. And you know, it was a kind of uh, resistance by me to father's children and to love them, showing that I'm able uh, to, 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 to have, and I, I, I wish to have more children in order to prove that they are important, they are uh, precious, I am precious, their mother is precious, so we all of us are precious people. So this is my counteract against this uh, uh, cult of, of death and uh, by father, by fathering twelve uh, children, I think uh, it's a, it's a proper answer to the challenge of the of the of the evil. They are living. They will uh, uh, go on with my life, with my genes, you know, and with my nation, with my culture. By the way, two of them are living in North Carolina. There are some children over there. And the others are living here, and I am already grandfather. Oh, wow. I keep telling them that <laughs> go forth, multiply, and fulfill the earth. 
the Hungarians, the Americans, everywhere, because people are precious. And the message which was given to you in the first book of the Old Testament, go forth, multiply and fulfill this. This is a four billion years old law of creation, of biology. You can say no, you can refrain from it, you can delete it, but still it will be glorious and it will uh, uh, the, the winner and you will be the loser. It's on to you. It's your choice whether you, you want to be a winner or a, or a loser, because these are the basic biological uh, expectation from the from the planet. Go forth, multiply, and fulfill us, and not just for the mankind, the plants, the animals, and all the living entity in the world. When where where they lived in the past, the present, and the future. They have the very same inscription uh, carved into their program. Go forth, multiply, and fulfill us. And if you rioting against it, you can do it because you have free will, but you will be the loser. Is it good for you? Is it good for your family? Is it good for your nation? Is it good for, for the mankind? No, not it. it, 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 it the result is, uh, uh, is pain, pain and misery and losing your confidence and losing everything which is so precious in life. A joy for living. And so this is the, the, the message mission I, I would like to fulfill. Encouraging other people to, to, to save and protect life and go on with it because it's not just an option, it's a must, it's a command. It is the very first command God gave mankind, Genesis 1.28. Yes. You know what, Imre, it's so beautiful that you and your rebellion against um, really what is the culture of death. Um, yourself fathered 12, 12 children, is it? Yes. Beautiful. How many grandchildren do you have now? Four, just four of them. How old is your oldest child and your youngest? My oldest child is uh, 43 years old. She lives in North Carolina. Okay. And your youngest holds? Seven. Seven years old? Seven years old. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, God bless you for that. That, that all by itself is such a beautiful testimony to life. And thank you for sharing with us, because I think your courageous story and your willingness to expound the truth, especially the ones that are so hard to voice, it seems, for our culture today, really grateful for that. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and to share my ideas and my challenges, my thoughts on the importance of life on, and on the survival of all of us. God bless you, Imre, and God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.